0: Cast your cares on him. Thank you, God. cares. you. Don't stop your worship. Don't stop your worship. Don't stop your worship. Thank you, God. Don't stop your worship. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes, God. Come on. Come on. Let it be a whale. Come on. Let that well spring forth. Come on. Come yes, on. Come on. Thank come on. You, come on. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you God. We need you. Hallelujah. We can't make it without you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you God. Let that well spring thank forth. You, God, we thank you now for your presence. We thank you for your power and for your strength, even in this worship atmosphere. We thank you now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. That if we allow it, worship has the power to shift our perspectives, shift our minds, and whatever it is that we came in that had us weighed down, whether it's life, family, finances, whatever it is, God, we know that worship has the power to shift it. thank you now and we praise your name in Jesus name come on if you are a recipient of the love of God put those hands together and open up your mouth and let me know and I'm going to say it again if you are a recipient of the love of Jesus Christ open up your mouth and show some yes. sign. I'm going to say it one more time yes. if you are a recipient an ungoing recipient yes. of the love of Jesus Christ open yes. up your mouth thank you God and give God some worship and some praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you Jesus, Hallelujah. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, good morning to all those watching online and to those in the building. We thank God for this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice and be glad. And I'm gonna say it one more time. This is the day that the Lord has made and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it one more time for the Holy Ghost. This is the day that the Lord has made and we're going to rejoice Glad in it. We didn't come to church in the straight jacket this morning. We didn't yes. come to church in the sisters, but we came in our right Lord, mind. Thank you. Amen. With well, a reasonable portion of strength. Thank and we give God praise you, and glory just for that. Yes. So, yes. those watching online, if you have not already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag some others in it so they can be a part of the Hopewell experience. Hopewell everywhere. Yes. Hope at home today. Amen. Yes. Let's get right to the word. If you have thank your Bibles, you, go with me to Exodus chapter 16. Amen. Exodus chapter 16. We thank and praise God for our worship and our music ministry. Amen. Help me praise God for them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We thank God for them leading yeah. us right, getting the table spread, and ready to receive the word of God. Exodus chapter 16. Ex- Exodus chapter 16. Amen. It's where we're going to be at this morning. Amen. So glad our mothers are in the house. Mother yeah, Simon, yeah. Mother Albert Looking good? This is when I have to ask them. Yeah. You got somebody texting you, you came in looking too cute today, amen. But they came looking good for Jesus, praise God. Amen, we thank God for them. I thank God for my friend all the way from Chicago, Evangelist Maxwell is in the building, Chicago's in the room, amen. We thank God for them and then for the Smith sisters, amen. Sister Yvonne, Sister Nish, and Sister Regina. Sister Regina is the former first lady of the Hope War Missionary Baptist Church way back from the 80s, amen. With the the late Reverend Richard Daniels, amen. So we thank God, amen. These three sisters are a great support of our ministry, even amen. from Springfield, Carbondale, and California, amen. amen. They share the Hopewell experience, and so we thank God for them being with us this morning. They definitely got to get a picture with the Sniff Sisters, amen, before they leave today. Exodus chapter 16, amen. Exodus chapter 16 going to read a few verses amen it's going to be a little lengthy but just bear with and just hold on if you get get a little tired just lift up one leg amen just give yourself a little extra strength as we're reading if you can stand for the reading in the reverence of god's word for those that are in the building if you want to stand online, go ahead with your bad self and stand amen as we read the word of god exodus 16 i'm starting at verse 2 all the way to verse 18 there too the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the world that is to starve us to death. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, look. I'm going to rain down food for heaven for you each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day I would test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions on the sixth day they will gather food and when they prepare it it will be twice as much as usual so Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel by evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt in the morning you will see the glory." of the Lord because he has heard your complaints which are against him not against us what have we done that you should complain about us then Moses added the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning for he has heard all of your complaints against him what have we done yes your complaints are against the Lord and not against us verse 9 then Moses said to Aaron announce this to the entire community of Israel present your before the Lord for he has heard your complaining and as for Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel they looked out toward um, the wilderness there they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud then the lord said to moses i have heard israel the israelites complaints now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat and in the morning you will have all the bread you want then you will know that i am the lord your god that evening a vast number of quail flew in and covered the camp and the next morning uh, the area around the camp was wet with dew when the dew evaporated evaporated a flaky substance as fine as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? they asked each day they had no idea what it was and Moses said to them it is the food the Lord has given you to eat these are the Lord's instructions each household together as much as it needs pick up two courts for each person in your tent verse 17 we are almost there so the people of Israel did as they were told some gather a lot some gather a little But I love this part but when they measure it out everyone had just enough those who gather a lot have Nothing left open. Those who gathered a little had enough. Each family had what it needed. I want you to look at somebody, look at somebody, and say it's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. You can just open up your eyes and see. It is right in front of you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's right in front of you. When I grow up, I am going to write a book along with several other parents on how basic five to ten steps, how to help your kids find stuff that's right in front of them. When I grow up, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book, going to write a book on instructing parents how to lead their kids in finding the obvious things that are right there smack dab right in front of them. It never, it never fails. I can ask Carrie or Kenny. Kenny's of the age now where she's able to have a full-blown conversation with you. She'll just tell you what she wants if she like it, if she don't like it. And so now that she can have that type of conversation with me, I would tell Kenny, hey, go grab daddy's phone um, off the table by the bed or I give Carrie an instruction of the assignment to go and get something. And I know exactly where it is, Grace. I know exactly where it is. I can picture it in my head brother Ben. right as they're right when they get in the room how they need to go left a little bit Sandra. how they need to move forward just a little bit how far they need to extend their hand in order to be able to grab what's right there in front of them and I'm anticipating because the truth of the matter is I very well could have gotten to myself sister Cherie but I've gotten so comfortable in my chair I got me a nice glass of juice next to the table I got my feet propped up I'm watching Chicago PD and voice get ready to stop somebody real good and I don't want to pause it to go and get my fall so I do what my father and mother did to me growing up had me running errands that they very well could have done themselves but I did not utter those words out of my mouth because I want to live to see God bless me the next day so I went on and got it but I said when I grow up evangelist Maxwell I'm going to do to my kids what my parents did to me send them on errands to do things that they could have done themselves and so I send them on Sandra, to get it only for them to return and come back and say daddy I didn't see it and I said wait a minute shut your mouth I know you are lying and the truth is not in you because I know the phone is by the bed I do I do what the man of God told Elijah go back again go back again go back again because I know it's right there on the table I'm, I'm trying not to get upset I'm trying not to get mad Trinity because I know that the phone is right there by the bed and then they come back and Kenny looks so cute and said she said but I don't see it I said no woman of God I I need you to go back and find that phone because I know it's on the table. Now, Sister Ross has gotten to the point, if I have to get up and go get that phone that I know is by the bed, somebody's going to be in trouble. I get up, I go, and the phone is right when I said that it needed to be so i bring the girls in here i said this is what daddy was saying daddy told you the phone was right here by the bed and all of a sudden like a choir they said oh we didn't see it (laughs) how did you miss something that was right in front of you they were running errands to go and do what i asked them to do Zoe, but they had their phones in their hands at the same time so they were distracted by what they saw They were distracted by what was going on to them at that moment that they failed, that they could not be able to see what was right there smack dab in front of them. Sister Regina, the children of Israel were the same way. God brings them out of Egypt. God used a stutterer to deliver the people of Israel. God sends the word to let Pharaoh know that, hey, this is only going to last for so long. I am going to raise up somebody that other folks think cannot be used to help bring out my people. And he uses someone by the name of Moses. And Moses contends with God. And is like, wait a minute, hold up, God. I think you got the wrong person. I'm not your boy that you want to use to be able to do this. Don't you know that I stutter? Don't you know that I have a speech impediment? God says, forget that, brother. I want to use you because I know in using you, nobody's going to get the glory and honor. But me, so I'm doing this. I purpose this by design to use you because I know exactly what I'm doing. Long story short, they get delivered. He brings them out, he provides for them. Pharaoh sends his army on the chariots coming after them. But God uses Moses and his staff to be able to part the Red Sea, and they walk on dry ground and get over. And they see their enemies get sworn, they see their enemies drown right there in front of their eyes celebrate with chapter 15 the the Bible says they came out they had a good choir rehearsal they came up they had the directors they had the tenors they had their altos they had the sopranos they had the bass they had everybody in line and the Bible says they spent an entire chapter praising and magnifying God celebrating what he had done celebrating how he had defeated his enemies and celebrating how God had made a way and did something that nobody else could do only to get to the end of the praise break and realize we ain't got no water. <laughs> Saints done saying so much now that they got a little parch in their throat and they don't have a church there to bring them no water. They said Moses, you don't brought us all the way out here to die. We had water when we were back there in Egypt. And God does, Moses. God does. He goes, he goes and throws a stick, a piece of wood into the water, and he causes bitter water to become sweet. And they celebrate, they quench their thirst, but then they complain again after they've experienced having the water and now the thirst has been quenched they get to chapter 15 verse 27 verse 27 says after leaving Mara, which means bitter the Israelites traveled on the oasis of Elam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees they camped there beside the water Three days after they had been delivered, they see God, see God do magnificent and glorious things. They complain about water. And after their complaints, God leads them to the oasis of Elam, where there's wells of water, Sister Drake, that will be able to refresh their thirst. And there, 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 there's palm trees, Evangelist Maxwell, to keep the shade as they're there in the wilderness. Man, it's so much like God that God knows how to be so intentional. He knows when we need to rest. He knows when we need a place just to be able to chill out for a second. So he leads them to the place of Elam to be able to be surrounded with wells of water, refreshing, good spring water. Y'all know what good water tastes like. Good spring water to be able to taste and to fulfill their thirst. And palm trees, 70 palm trees. Gathered around to help keep the shade, to keep it cool in the middle of the wilderness. They're there. But notice here, saints, they're not complaining. Here's a lesson that we want to jump out the gate to be able to realize. Comfort reduces our need to trust God. Whenever we are in comfort, whenever we're in a place where there's no issues, whenever we're in a place and life is going well, I mean, your bank account is looking good. In fact, your taxes done hit at the same time. Amen. Your stimulus check done hit at the same time. Amen. Some of the things that even went and got a PPP loan, it done hit even though they ain't got no business. Amen. It done all hit at the same time. I mean, they had a triple threat all at the same time. There is no need for anything. All oh, that praising and magnifying God, we have well of water, Jerry. We have palm trees to keep us cool in the middle of the wilderness. And because they're in comfort, there's no need to trust God. Because they're in comfort, there's no need to cry out to God. They've been talking to God. I mean, been talking to them real strong and heavy. But now that they have comfort, there is no need to cry out to God because they've gotten comfortable oh man isn't it just like us when all is well our bodies are good home life is great marriage life is great singleness is great everything is good i mean you got your haircut just right that weave is in just right your nails are popping your outfit is looking good everything is well so we're singing the praises and magnifying god because life is telling somebody yesterday that it doesn't matter how old I get doesn't matter what I accomplish in life there is always a need that I have for my biological father it does not matter it does not matter that I have reached certain depths educationally that my father has not that it does not matter I can go about a week or two maybe about a month or so but there's going to be something that's going to happen where I'm going to need the wisdom of my father there is something that I'm going to experience in life that I'm going to need the input of my father there's going to be something that's going to happen in life where i'm going to need to tag team with daddy and so it is in the life of a believer even though listen there's nothing wrong with experience comfort in your life but don't get so comfortable being comfortable because god is sovereign enough that he would develop a need for his children to be able to rely upon him god will allow for some things to be able to happen in our lives to call us to cause us to call on him and to rely upon him because if we get too comfortable Jennifer we'll never cry out to him if we get too comfortable we'll never rely upon him if we get too comfortable we will never trust him because we'll think that we made it where we are by ourselves we'll think that we made it where we are because we're all good and fine that's so it doesn't, it doesn't last too long because we get right here to chapter 16. We get right here to chapter 16. They're getting ready to journey out of Edom and get back on track to on the road, uh, on the road um, to the wilderness. And then we get right here to verse two. Look at it, you all. It says there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron, I just don't get these folks' grace. I just don't understand them because how in the world you've seen him part the Red Sea, you've seen him make bitter waters sweet, and you still have the audacity, Zoe, to complain and whine about something? You still have something to moan about? You still have something to whine about? You still find something to complain about? Truth of the matter is this. Before we know it, grumbling will become a contagious lifestyle okay okay y'all don't get mad at me don't get mad at me it's right there in the text the bible says then there too the whole community of israel complained about moses and aaron now it was not just one or two folks that was complaining it wasn't three or four folks that was complaining it was a group of people because all it takes is for one person to be miserable in life and about everything and that thing will come through and come through that baby real quick and it will start to spread like a cancer and impact other people and they could have been all well and fine and praising and magnifying God and then their minds begin to shook brother Victor and they begin to take on and, and, and do what somebody else is doing and they began to complain and moan and whine as well sooner or later saints of God if we are not careful grumbling and moaning and and complaining it will become a contagious lifestyle. It will become a part of our DNA even though we have so much to be able to thank God for. Even though we have so much to praise God for. Even though we have so much to be thankful and grateful for. All it takes is for a few jokers to come along and whine and complain about something and the next thing you know we done joined on board. Oh you right. Oh you right. Oh I don't know. I wish pastor was just gone to open the church back up. We're supposed to be a people of faith. We got to register for church and stuff. We got to do all this stuff. They taking our temperatures. I'm going to go over down the street because they ain't taking no temperatures. They ain't doing no registrations. We just walk in and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. But then when there's a COVID outbreak, they're going to run the pastor's room and say, Pastor, I need you to pray because I done got the 19. Oh, but no. Pastor's trying to move in wisdom and in grace of the mercy of God. They began to walk complain all that took was one or two jokers all oh, the tickers one or two jokers so open up their mouth and find something because I come to realize can't nobody complain like the saints. Oh, God, help me this morning. Can't nobody complain like the blood-washed people of God. Oh, my goodness. I know it's been a hell of a year, but after we look over everything that we have experienced, oh, when we look at the racial injustices, all the different things that have gone on, people have gotten to 19. People have lost their jobs. But even when I look at the negative, I can't help but to go a little bit deeper and look and see how faithful God has been. And when I look and see how faithful God has been, I go back to chapter 15 and I burst out with a praise and with a song to magnify God for all that he has done. Oh, so guard yourself saints guard yourself guard yourself. I'm at a point now I'm at a point now that I can't be around folks that want to grumble. I gotta, I'm at a point now I can't be around people that want to complain. I'm at a place now I can't be around folks if you don't you had you bring me all the problems But you have no solutions because real quick I might tell you to shut up with the Holy Ghost and get away from me if you don't have a solution to how we need to fix. I'm at a place now. I can't be around mumbling and complaining because on top of whatever's going on God's been too good to me God's opened up doors. God's made ways. God's performed miracles right in front of my eyes. So, there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses. And Aaron, I like how Moses talks with the people because as they began to complain, Moses let them know, your complaints ain't against me. <laughs> Moses let them know, your issues are not with me. They're really against God because God has been the orchestrator behind this. Oh, That's a good leadership lesson right there that Moses lets us know that when you are in leadership and people begin to complain and moan, don't take it personal because the real issue is not with you, it's with God. Because he talks to them and he lets them know, what did we done? What we done did? We ain't did nothing. All we done did was bring you through the Red Sea. All we done did was allow you to have water. All we did was lead you to a place, uh, 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 lead you to Elam, a place of an oasis for you to have rest and care. But yet still, it wasn't good enough. But it were? How, Sister Nish, do I see God do a supernatural move on my behalf and open up my mouth to complain, Brother Kevin? How? How? How do I see God be God enough and powerful enough to become his own purification system and use wood to purify bitter water. And open up my mouth to complain. Here it is, I know why. Until our minds are transformed, the present will never be enough. Because here's the issue, here's the issue. This series is entitled U-Turn. A U-Turn is not just in the physical, but a U-Turn is in the mental and also in your emotions. Because here it is, here it is. If your mind is never transformed, as soon as your current boo does something that you don't like, your mind goes back. Well, I remember when I was with so-and-so, They didn't treat me like this. They didn't they didn't talk. They text me every 5 minutes to tell me how good I look. If our minds are never transformed, the present and where we are will never be enough. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. There's some folks, you've been blessed with your taxes. You get a letter in the mail talking about they're going to owe you some more money. And, you know, it's not going to be direct deposit. It's going to come in a check in two weeks or so. And you would be all excited about that. But yet we will still, it still won't be enough. Because our minds, our bodies have left Egypt, but our minds have remained in Egypt. Our our bodies have been set free, but our minds still are captive and under the leadership of Pharaoh. And until our minds are transformed, the present will never be enough. Try trying to please someone who is a constant and a lifestyle subscriber to complaining and moaning. No matter what you do, it'll never be enough. No matter what you say, it'll never be enough. No matter how many ways you do, it will never be enough. Because they made a U-turn in their mind, and in their emotions. The bodies have physically been transformed, but the minds have remained in captive. Here it is. They went back. Look at verse 3. This blows my mind. It says, if, if only... The Lord had killed us back in Egypt. God help us. They said, not only should we have been in Egypt and stayed there, but Lord, you should have just wiped us out while we were still there. They said, we sat around with pots filled with meat. We ate all the bread that we wanted, but now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. But they failed to forget. God just God just met your need a few days ago, but a month ago when it came to the water. So if He didn't allow you to go thirsty, why would He allow you to die from starvation? they said we sat there we sat chilling on the island of egypt and we had all the meat that we wanted we had all the bread that we wanted we was all well and fine but look at verse 4 this is what god does then the lord said to Moses, look i'm going to rain down food from heaven for you each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need that day i would test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions on the sixth day they will gather food and when they prepare there will be twice as much as usual here it is He says, okay, 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 you're hungry. I'm going to give you food. I'm going to give you food by day. I'm going to give you food by night. When you go out, grab everything that you need. But when you go on that last day, I'm going to supernaturally move once again. And you're going to get double than what you got before. Here's a lesson. God provides where he places us. God provides where He places us. Uh oh, look at the devil. My mic done went out. God provides for us where He places us. It wasn't a devil; it was just a malfunction. I just want to say that because we always blame the devil when something goes wrong. Hey, Amen. I just wanted to be churchy and say that. But God provides for us right where He places us okay pastor make this make sense they're in the wilderness they just left elam they just left the oasis of elam experiencing rest and now they're back on the road in the end, they're back on the road back on the road going back into the wilderness and now they're hungry they're saying we should have been where we we should have stayed right there in egypt and died there we had meat we sat around and we had pots of meat we had food all around us god responds Answers. He hears their complaints. He's heard their concerns. And he provides for them right where they are. God will provide for you where he places you not where you make yourself fit. God provides for us where he places us. Oh, I hear it all the time, I hear it all the time, I hear it all the time. The question was asked over 10 years ago when I first became Pastor Swims. The, the, the question became, Swims, are you just here until your next big thing? Are you just here? I, I said, well, listen, I said, brother, I said, listen, the truth of the matter is, if I want to go, I had reason enough a few years ago to go. I'm here because I know this is where God wants me to be. I get asked the question all the time. Hey, Pastor Swims, hey, uh, how long are you gonna be down there in the country? How long are you gonna be down there in Carbondale? Don't you wanna experience ministry in the big city? don't you want to go to a larger city to be able to experience God do greater things in a larger city I said listen I don't have to go to a bigger city to experience God being big God he's the God in the country he's the God in the city he's the God in the wilderness wherever God places me and positions me God will provide for me I know some get frustrated and tired of, oh I'm sick of being Carbon Carbondale I'm tired of being in solar no but if this is where God had you God will provide for you where he has placed you god will send ravens god will sanction oh, angel man. to come and provide for you and do for you what no one else can do for you all they had to do thanks to god all they had to do is see right was to the right was in to be able to visualize what was right in front of them instead of going back and reflecting on how things used to be and failing to miss what God was doing right there. Look at the text, it gets good. Look at verse 6, it says, So Moses and Aaron said to the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will say the glory to the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done to you? What, 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 what have we done to you to complain about us? And Moses said, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening bread. To satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. And Moses said to Aaron, "Announce this to the entire community of Israel, present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see an awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israel complaints. Now tell them in the evening, you will have meat to eat in the morning. You will have all the bread that you want. Then you will know I am the Lord your God. Look at verse 13. Then that evening, a vast number of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area was covered with dew. When the dew evaporated, flaky substances, fine as frost, blanketed the ground. They looked up, said, what is this? They asked each other, asked each other had no idea what it was. And Moses told me, the food the Lord has given you to eat. Everything they needed was right in front of them. They were so blinded by captivity and slavery and how things used to be that it was causing them to miss God's daily provision that he was making with quail in the day, meat in the day, and having bread in the evening. How can you and I neglect to see the daily provisions that God makes for us? What is it that's right in front of us that we just can't grasp? We just can't see it. We just can't recognize it. We're so stuck on how things used to be. We're so stuck on the past. We're so stuck by how stuff was back in the day. But how, how, how are we allowing that to ruin what's right in front of us? The daily provision that God has made. He told them when you go out on the sixth day, you can get more than what you need. Right there in front of you. Well, Pastor Swims, how do I apply this to my life? How do I make this make sense in my life so that I can be able to walk this thing out? Don't miss what lies ahead because you're still in love with yesterday. Don't miss what God has for you in the present. Because you're still in lust with yesterday. God showing himself strong. Showing himself big. Showing himself supernaturally moving on their behalf. But they were on the brink of missing it, Sister Drake, because they kept going back to yesterday. When's the last time, because I, 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 I'm not going to be naive to the fact that if we think long enough, there are some things we can complain about. Let's be real. Let's be honest. There are some things that we can fuss about. There are some things that we could gripe about. But when's the last time we just took inventory and not just look at last month, six months ago, five months ago, but looked at the Daily blessings that God has bestowed upon us. My heart went out to a pastor in Memphis. They had a one year old baby that was born last year. Complications. The baby was in the hospital for months before they even came home. Baby turned the year old, never experiencing what one year olds would do walking, saying daddy, saying mommy. Even though the baby was home, still needed around-the-clock care Evangelist Maxwell. Hooked up the tubes, had to pretty much bring home a hospital in order to care for the child. Baby made a year old, made the 13th, I believe. They celebrated because doctors said that she would never have made it to be a year old. Friday, he made a post that the baby had went home to be with Jesus. Made the post, solicited the prayers of the saints. And he closed out, he closed out his post by saying, Hey Saints, we're still having church tomorrow. I said, sir, I said, sir <laughs> church will still be going on, but I wouldn't be there. I looked at the live yesterday. His wife is up leading worship after their child has just died. Looked at the live this morning before before I came out for service. He's lifting up his voice, praising and magnifying God as if all is well. I said, here I am. Complaining about my car because the paint's coming off. (laughs) And having a fit about that. But this man has lost his child. I said, "Surely if he can praise God in the midst of this devastating devastation." Certainly, I can get myself together and begin to realize not only did I wake up this morning, but my wife woke up this morning. Not only did my wife woke up this morning, she's gonna celebrate a birthday tomorrow. And not just did she celebrate a birthday tomorrow, but my girls woke up and they both are well and healthy. I I, 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 I have enough for the bed to thank God for on the day. I don't have to go back too far. I don't have to the beginning of the year I can go back to yesterday and this morning to see how when I woke up this morning I was in my right mind that when I came in this morning I wasn't in a straitjacket. but God has kept me it's the last time we took a daily inventory to see just how good God has been we'll miss what lies ahead because we're so stuck on yesterday, it's right there in front of you. It's right there in front of you. It's right there in front of you. It's right there. It's right there in front of you. It's right. There. It's, right, there you. It's, right it's right there. It's right there. I can only imagine with my, my sanctified imaginations. My childhood pastor, late Presley White Jr., would say, "They're walking and they're getting hit." is this quail dropping from heaven and they asked the question what is it (laughs) Moses said it's food from the master it's food from God and they named it manna because he fed them meat in the day and gave them bread in the evening never went without because they were right where God had them to be I don't know who I'm preaching to and I gotta hurry up my time is almost up but I don't know who I'm talking to this morning but right if you can just take your eyes off. oh I wish I was somewhere else oh I wish I had this oh I wish I had that and just begin to realize God you have me right where I'm supposed to be I trust to know that you will provide my daily needs I'm a witness when you change your mind. I'm a witness when you allow Him to take hold of your heart. He will provide for you in ways that will literally blow your mind. That people will bless you that don't even know you. But can I tell us what's going to help help our minds shift in that direction? If we can stay with chapter 15 of Exodus. And have a mindset of praise and worship. If we have a mind to take the time that every time God does something supernaturally, that our response is to magnify him. Our response is to praise him. Our response is to glorify his name. Our response is to give him all the glory and the praise for what he's done. You may be watching right now. You don't know Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I invite you today.